0: Alright, the World Series might be over, but if you're looking to go see any of your favorite teams live and in person, there's only one place to do it, and that's with SeatGeek. SeatGeek makes the the process simple and stress-free. Check out the SeatGeek app. It's in the Apple and Google Play Store, and you can download it today. With tickets to music, theater, comedy, and more, nothing beats seeing your favorite teams and performers live and in person. SeatGeek makes scanning all the secondary markets available to you to find the best deal. They rate all the deals on a scale of one to 10. One, you know, bad deals, you know, might be a good seat, but the prices isn't a good value for the seat. And 10 means that you're sitting in a great spot for a great price. They also put the dots in there. green dots, good deals, red dots, bad deals makes it really simple for stupid people like me. Use our code BREAKDOWN, that's BRKDWN, and get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. And, you know, go see, I don't know, baseball's over. Go see your favorite basketball team live and in person. That's the promo code BREAKDOWN, BRKDWN, for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Seven, the SeatGeek question for you. is: Are you ready to go? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Now it's time for a breakdown. You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown. 3-2.
1: That was drilled deep to left field. Going back choice. Looking up. See ya! 3,000 history with an exclamation point. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions.
0: A swing and a drive to deep right, away back, goal! All right, what up? It is episode number twenty-four. I'm Tommy. He's seven. Maddie P not with us today. He'll be back next week. You know, something about being a dad. I mean, come on, pri- yeah. priorities.
1: Oh, deplorable. I know. Like, seriously, the kid's gonna fucking take up time on our podcast. I mean,
0: I, he's he, you know he's still relatively new here
1: relatively new i guess the kid is too because i uh, can't be one second away from him but
0: uh... <laughs> that, that was a good one <laughs> all right but uh, it's our first off season pod i i i'll be honest i can't believe we're here uh, not yeah. only not only in terms of of baseball being gone but i'm saying just we've made it to 24 episodes <laughs>
1: 24 great episodes um, leading up to this episode, of course, coming off the renowned tits out for the boys episode. So yeah, the offseason is sure to have baseball and anything else in store. So for our listeners, don't worry, we will cover everything that is breaking and everything that is newsworthy. But there are going to be a couple new segments coming because we got to fill time and Tommy me and Matt, when he's not playing Daddy Daycare, is uh, we're, we're all ready for exploring new territory. I think that's a safe way to put it.
0: You know, you know, it, it, every every show of, of whatever sense needs their off season shtick. You know, you and me are both friend, uh, fans of. Pardon my take. They have the the Mount Rushmore's. We're gonna be debuting Elimination Chambers, mm-hmm. um, bats on boobs. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's gonna be a fun off season it's it's one of those things where like baseball like kind of goes away but never really goes away
1: true that's a good point baseball it's it's like any other offseason right i mean we have the winter meetings to look forward to in december but i will say this after that there is a noticeable lull in the offseason because then it's like will they won't they for free agent signing i hope to fucking christ we don't have another stale offseason i want to see some movement I want to see some big contracts being thrown out. I just don't want to have to wait until March to figure out what the fuck's going on with Manny Machado and Bryce Harper again.
0: Yeah, I would... Oh, boy, if we get another long offseason like that, I'm going to be be very upset.
1: We're going to be talking about a lot of tits if that's the case. Uh,
0: Okay. You know (laughs) what? You might have swung me. You might have swung me.
1: (laughs) See, there's a silver lining in everything. I'm just trying to... (laughs) Just trying to put it right there in the open that if free agency is lacking, the boys are not. We will have bats on boobs, multiple r- runs on these episodes, so I can't wait to get into that. Uh, but first, we, we do have some baseball news. Uh, Tommy, meet the Mets.
0: Meet the motherfucking Mets. Oh, cue I, the music.
1: I, yep, cue the music. I hear it.
0: Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Step right up and greet the Mets. Bring your kitties,
1: bring your wife Guaranteed to have the time of your life Because the Mets are really Sucking the ball, knocking those holes
0: the Mets finally have their guy. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> after after retracting or I'm sorry, restricting and then expanding uh the the employee or the the candidate pool, they finally land on Carlos Beltran. W- what do you even think of this move, Seven?
1: I like the move. Um surprisingly, I'm actually ah uh cautiously optimistic this, that this move can actually work um i think the basis of it is smart uh it's weird for me just because beltron is still only what two three years removed from playing um
0: so i mean he says one in his quote with the with the Pons.
1: oh that's right because he was i think he was on the astros uh two years ago so yeah 17
0: was it 17 so eight the 18 and 19 seasons he was out of the game and then obviously he'll be back for 20. Yeah, he is five years. Nope. He last suited up as a Met in 2011.
1: Yeah, that's right. He's uh, I think he's had the most I don't know if it still stands but when he signed there it was the most expensive contract that the Mets have ever given out.
0: Hmm, that's interesting to me.
1: So full circle.
0: Yeah. I'll say. Um, so, when I look at this signing, like it's kind of like reminiscent of the David Ross signing for the Cubs. Um, mm-hmm. I think you could make the argument about Aaron Boone as well. Like just the player recently removed from the game, now thrust back into it. Boone is separate from this, but I think for Ross and Beltron, it's do or die. It's or Boomer or bust probably.
1: Yeah, I think the, and that's the thing that I keep seeing on like Reddit and Twitter. Uh, they they want to compare these signs. It's it's reminiscent of when the Rams found success with Sean McVay. You know, the Wonderkin signing of a coach, and he's young. Uh, he's never done it before, so it's it's attractive to the teams to try to take take the bait on the unknown and see what can work out for
0: him. But but I think the light, difference the difference with with Boone is he fell into a beautiful roster
1: yeah and and that's the biggest that that's the biggest cause for concern for both Ross and Beltron because Boone and Boone was also you know seven to ten years removed from the league. It's not like he's jumping into a clubhouse where he's managing guys that he used to play with either. Um, and, and that's something that I think is kind of interesting with both Ross and Beltron. And, and you're right. I, I mean, the Yankees were in a position when they got Boone. they they were coming off of a game seven elimination to the Astros in the ALCS. So this isn't like he was inheriting a team that he had to rebuild on the fly. No, the team was built for him. And we saw what kind of success he's had the last two years managing that team. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think Ross for the most part is getting, I think Beltron set up for success quicker than Ross. Um, and I don't know if that makes sense. It doesn't
0: to me. So you're going to need to sell it to me.
1: Yep, so <laughs> the reason so the reason being I think the Mets actually have some decent pieces there. They're get they're younger than the Cubs are in terms of I guess total roster build out. Um, I don't think you can count on Edwin Diaz having the type of year he had again. I just I, I would hope if I'm the Mets that you can't count on that. I think Diaz would probably return to form or, or show signs of getting better. Um, the Mets have a better pitching rotation. They also, I mean, when you throw guys like Alonzo in, um, their outfield has some good pieces there. It's really they're just missing one or two pieces, and I think they'll, they'll try to address that in free agency. But I think the Mets are probably set up for success quicker than the Cubs. I think the Cubs are starting to show signs of fatigue. The roster is starting to get older. They're in a tight spot financially. They can't really make all the moves that I think they need to personally. I think their pitching rotation has some holes. Their bullpen definitely has some holes. Um, but just in the grand scheme of things, Epstein has managed that team to a World Series, or I guess run the team to a World Series. But Ross, it's on him right now, to your point, I think is boomer bust for him because they're taking a shot on him to make do with what he has. I don't think they're going to have a very big free agency uh, offseason. There could be some trades. But again, I think the Mets have a better foundation right now just in the term, terms of looking at it three years down the road, which is what the contracts are. Uh, I, I would give the Mets a little bit bit of an edge in that regard.
0: All right, so sh- so shifting gears from the managers themselves to our to our main man uh, Brody, yep. <laughs> you know, you and me have both said that we're we we're cautiously optimistic. Do you think Brody believes this is the right move?
1: I don't know; it's tough to tell, and I, and I think. Honestly, I think Brody's ego steered this whole managerial candidacy for everyone they interviewed. And from the quotes that, you know, he was saying, um, let me find it. He basically said that he didn't feel a connection to Girardi. He did it he did have one with Beltron because the way he phrases it is that neither him nor Beltron needed these jobs that they have now. Uh, Brody was a, a successful sports agent. Beltron had netted more than two hundred twenty million dollars in his career as a player, but they want to be here. So that's me reading that as Brody doesn't have control. He wouldn't have control over Girardi type. He wouldn't have control over a more established manager, because he's new on the job. And I feel like he's running this team like Ari Gold runs fucking Vincent Chase's bank account. Like it's just reckless. Um, and I think he thinks Beltron is someone that he can kind of control and mold in his own. But I think there's going to be a big clash here personality-wise because Beltron, from what I've seen and what I've heard from different outlets of you know reading his interviews and listening to him, is that he is not going to lay down and let someone kind of control what he wants to do as a manager. And I think there's going to be a big clash personality-wise. So, it's this is Meet the Mets for a reason. So, so we're not I shouldn't be surprised by this, but I I read it as Brody trying to kind of tether it to the, to this the image that you know oh, we're both young, we're both trying to get success, and we both want hmm. to do it together. I'm reading it more as like, no, Brody just didn't want to have to deal with Girardi because Girardi would eat that guy alive.
0: That's interesting to me. I, I I don't disagree. I think Girardi would have eaten him alive. Yeah. Huh. I like that. All right. Changing gears away from the Mets to maybe something that a lot of baseball people are going to have mixed opinions on, the automated strike zone is gonna make its way into minor league baseball in 2020. Umps will get a call into their earpiece and then uh, determine. And wait, am I reading this right? He makes his own call despite what he hears in his yeah. ear.
1: So the the automated strike zone is essentially. So it's what we see as the viewer at home on baseball on on, uh, on like on the Saturday square yeah on the square jesus christ i can't fucking think uh yeah on the square uh so we'll see that and they'll have that feedback but it will only be a suggestion as to where the pitch was so they'll get a thing in the ear it'll say strike or ball but the ump if i'm if i was getting the information correctly he'll still be able to make the call on his own so
0: Hmm, so he can override the computer so to speak
1: yeah, so the, <laughs> they allow for uh, human error still, which I'm sure going be there's going to be plenty of it. And yeah,
0: think, this seems weird to me.
1: Yeah, because and they're only doing it in some parks in uh, minor league baseball, so I don't know where it's going to be or, or how they're going to police it, but I have to imagine like this isn't the smartest thing to do by just testing it out in a few different parks. If I'm a minor league player, I'm a prospect, and I'm coming up and I'm trying to showcase my skills, I would fucking hate this. Um, yeah. Just personally, I just don't think that this is a, a good way to move, I guess, to move the needle. Um, I would try it out in, like, instructional leagues first, like maybe the Arizona Fall League or something with less... It's going
0: to be in the Arizona Fall League this year.
1: Okay. So, uh, well, it already was then, right? Yeah. I, I think that's a better... Well, that's that's
0: where, that, that's where that dude uh absolutely freaked out trying to fight the computer. Oh, yeah, you're right. Which, that was a ball. That's bullshit.
1: No, it was, but you're right, it was like that kid, do you remember the video, like, ancient, oh, yeah. ancient video of the kid playing Counter-Strike and just fucking destroyed his keyboard? <laughs> <laughs> like, Ugh. That's, what, that's what that reminds me of, but I think it, on one hand, this is good to test it out, I just don't like that they're testing it out in the minor leagues, uh, depending on what level it's at, because I don't know if it's going to be a Triple A, Single A, Rookie Ball, whatever it is, but for a prospect, that's got to be infuriating. If you've been, if you've grown up and you've been, you know, managed through this whole, I guess, old school. I guess we can call it now. Of just umpires have final say on everything. Yeah. Uh, and then just having this kind of thrown in, this big, this is a huge monkey wrench being thrown in. Um, I, just, I wouldn't be able to adjust personally. I can't imagine that there's many 19 to 22-year-olds that are really jumping for joy about this.
0: So this is from the uh, Sports Illustrated article for, uh, from Jenna West that was posted six hours ago, and she takes a lot of it from the Athletics article from Evan Drellich, which I'll read in a minute as soon as I find Jordan's login um, to the Athletic. But uh, the computerized... uh. The, the minor, Major League Baseball plans to use the automated strike zone to some degree in minor league parks in 2020, namely the Florida State League, where team mm. facilities also operate major league spring training sites. It's unclear if umpires would use the automated ball strike system, or ABS, as a guide or to make final calls.
1: That's something, that, I mean, just from hearing that, they should probably clear that up pretty soon, right? Wouldn't you yeah, like, you would think. <laughs> You would think like, all right, well, you can use it if you want, but if not, like, no, if you're gonna fucking put it in, you just put it in and let like just let it ride. I don't, I don't want them to start fucking around with it for every yeah. other game.
0: Um, so here's what Manfred says. Uh, here's our thinking on the automated strike zone. The technology exists. We have the technology. We're actually we can going. Can build it. <laughs> I'm so glad that you thought that too, because that was yeah. my first thought quote we're actually going through a big upgrade of that piece of our technology during this off season. i think that we need to be ready to use an automated strike zone when the time is right it's why we're using it in minor league baseball next year in some ballparks at least i think it's incumbent upon us to see if we can get the system to the point where comfortable it can work i only would go to an automated strike zone when we were sure that it was absolutely the best it can be getting out there too early with it and not having it work well That'd be a big mistake. When unquote, when contacted by the Athletic, the commissioner's office did not provide details on how the technology <laughs> has changed or how it will be added to minor league baseball. Oh. So a whole bunch of nothing.
1: Yeah, a whole I, bunch of
0: question marks.
1: Yeah, this is. Um, I don't know, man. I I just I, imagine this at the major league level, right? So let's say Angel Hernandez calling balls and strikes. He'll get the earpiece on and it'll be, you know, C three PO in his fucking ear saying ball and I'll go, Nah, strike. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> what was uh who was it? It was Ron Culpa, wasn't it? This year. <laughs> <Yeah>. Just <laughs> basically told the strike zone to go fuck itself. This is my show.
1: Yeah. Um I think like if this if they're gonna use this to police certain assholes like Copa, Hernandez, and West, I think it's I'm um, all for it. Um but then again, I don't think those guys should have jobs to begin with. So I think there's less drastic measures you can take, especially as we uh, – because, you know, you might not know this, but I'm actually kind of a fan of the umpire having discretion of the strike zone. I Me think too.
0: That,
1: so I, I don't like the robot umps. I don't like I, – I was – I'm still on the fence about instant replay in some facets of the game too. Um, again, it's – the strike zone has been the strike zone for forever. So there's always going to be human error and there's always going to be that, I guess, subjective point of view when you're calling the game. I think that's what makes baseball really cool. I don't want it to turn into the NFL where we're not even watching the game half the time where we're just dealing with fucking missed calls or talking about picked up flags or in this case, you know, missed strikes and balls. I I think this could be a big black eye on the game because the games are long enough. The last thing we need is to implement some type of technology that can slow it down even more.
0: And then I think on top of that, I wonder how much the strike zone, the AB—it's called ABS, Automated Ball Strike System—would um, be. Like my
1: Friday nights,
0: hey. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, That's—I uh, don't know. I think that's a four point five on the on the Julia Rose scale. Four point five roses.
1: Yeah, that's four four and a half roses is good for me. Four...
0: <laughs> 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 um. <laughs> I can't. Uh um <laughs> Fuck I lost my train of thought now.
1: <laughs> thinking about those tits.
0: I guess so. Fuck. Yeah. Thinking about all those roses. <laughs> um I think so so like replay. I I, I got my train of thought back. There now. we go. Um I think like replay this abs can be manipulated i mean granted it's harder to manipulate a pitch than it is to manipulate a replay but like when replay was implemented did you think it was going to be used for when a guy's sliding into second base and the very bottom of his cleat comes off the bag by a centimeter no even even though he beat the throw but the guy just happened to hold the tag on while his fucking body momentum carries him into the bag
1: yeah no, see that's what I don't like about it because yeah, like, and that's the thing like it's supposed to be if there's enough evidence to overturn it, but you have to respect what was called on the field. Um, I'm sorry, but like that's that's the main issue I have with replay in baseball because you're right, your body's not gonna fucking stop on a dime. If it did, you'd have torn ACLs on every sliding attempt.
0: Exactly. So- and if the guy slides into second base and then he pops eight inches up into the air and the tag gets held on, yeah, that's different. Or yeah. he headfirst slides and his whole body comes off the base. Yeah, that's different. But if a guy slides and he hits the bag with his right foot and as he's popping up, his, he, his right foot comes up for a split second while his left foot takes over the base, that's not what replay was used for. That's not even what you're challenging. You're oh, challenging yeah. to see if the throw beat him, and now because of fucking human anatomy, you're getting a free out.
1: Exactly. So uh, I, I just,
0: <coughs> excuse me. Uh, you're fine. Flat. And you know what? That strike in the Arizona Fall League is a perfect example. The pitch hit the strike zone, but it also hit the fucking dirt.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing too. They like how. You have to imagine, because that's what the catcher's there for, too, framing a lot of these pitches. And that's what makes the calls so controversial in a, in a game today without the technology. Um, because in your in that point, if it hits the dirt, I mean, I wouldn't call that a strike. I wouldn't let technology dictate that that's a strike. I think a strike is when the receiver, like the catcher gets it, uh, receives it in a, in a way that can frame it as a strike, and the umpire calls it the way he sees it. Yeah, that that shouldn't that should not that should not be something that's up for debate because then it turns into the shit where, okay, I'll just spike a curveball fifty nine and a half feet because it'll break in the strike zone. But my catcher can't receive it because it's going to look like shit, A and B. Yeah, like that's probably a ball in most umpires eyes. I don't care who you are. You Stevie Wonder or Angel Hernandez. You're going to fucking call that a ball. Um, And now because technology dictates it, so it's a strike. No, I don't, I don't think that is going to gel well at all with any of the players, minor league or major league, and because I kind of like just watching managers scream at Joe West, and I want to see that happen more.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, who doesn't love somebody getting all Cowboy Joe riled up?
1: Like, if I can't watch Davey Martinez almost have a fucking heart attack trying to scream at the ump, then what good, uh, like, what good is the game?
0: The, the sad part is that's such an all-time World Series moment, but it will never be brought up again.
1: Oh, yeah, no, that's going to get brushed over because they won, so it's, you know. If they lost, we'd still be talking about it, though.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. And that actually segues nicely into our next topic, the World Series in general. Um, Nats, your champions in seven games, and seven, congratulations.
1: Yeah, thank you. I was was really sweating this fucking futures bet out for... uh seven fucking games
0: (laughs) fucking Aaron had the oranges ready to go in the fucking pillow sack
1: yeah I was uh it was like when you don't have like you can't pay your bookie I was it was a worse feeling than that um (laughs) because I was getting ready to be domestically abused
0: (laughs) fitting in with the Astros organization I mean (laughs)
1: Yeah, honestly, I probably just should have put it out to bid and see if I was doing. I wanted to take the oranges instead. Oh,
0: you know, I think it's some fucking prime
1: time TV! But, oh uh, boy. Yeah, uh, but no, <laughs> I, I'm I'm happy. Uh, I'm I'm very happy the Nationals won. I'm so stoked that the futures cashed, and uh, yeah, we got some wiggle room to bet now.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yep. Um, Strasburg, the MVP, the also the first ever number one overall pick to be named MVP. Um that seems like a crazy stat to me
1: yeah so there's only been three others that have been number two overall picks that were mvp in 03 it was josh beckett uh reggie jackson got it and i forget who the other one was but either way the the fact that there's never been a number one overall pick uh become a world series mvp just kind of shows you how much parity there is between the number one and you know whatever pick there is in the first round because I think it's just kind of interesting because Strasburg definitely has, in my eyes, I think Strasburg has lived up to the hype since he's been in the league. Uh, Injuries aside, I think he's always pitched to a level that we've come to expect as elite. So, uh, yeah, I I think this is just a, a cool little tidbit here that he's the first ever number one overall pick to be the World Series MVP. And as a result, he will opt out and make more cash.
0: He is going to get breaded
1: up. Oh, yeah. He's uh he's looking at a nice little payday coming.
0: No doubt. What are some uh some landing spots you think? I think there's a chance he stays in DC. I
1: th- that's what I was thinking too. I think honestly this is just leverage to get a couple more deals or a couple more years tacked onto that deal. Um, he'll probably do I think probably five years, maybe 180 uh or six for 180. Just go that route. Um, I don't think that this was more or less of him trying to test the market. I think he wants to stay in D.C. I think he likes what they have there. Um, because obviously, if you win a World Series, the goal is to obviously win one more. Uh, and I think the Nationals have a pretty solid core. Uh, the, the challenge is, and you can call Strasburg greedy or whatever, I think he's just playing smart. Um, if you sign Strasburg, you probably can't re-sign Rendon as well.
0: Yeah, I would say so.
1: So it's really one or the other. Um, Either one one of them makes your team better. I think at this point, though, the Nationals kind of saw what the differentiator was for them, and that came down to their pitching. Uh, So I think you want to keep all that intact.
0: So you'd be okay with losing Rendon to keep Scherzer?
1: Give me Strasburg.
0: I'm sorry, yes, yes, yes. I was thinking about their pitching, and I said, yes. Scherzer. Sure strasburg Fuck! <laughs> Einhorn. Finkel. Finkel's Einhorn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's a smarter move for them. I think bats, because I think there's going to be a lot of bats available in the offseason. Um, for, for example, and, and if you look at what other teams have been able to do after losing a bat, it's, I think bats are easier to replenish than starting pitching, especially in a, a pitcher like Strasburg. Uh, they don't come around often. They're usually worth you know, top draft capital, or they're going to cost you an arm and a leg in a draft. So I think the smart money is on keeping what you already know you have. Not to say that Rendon is not good. He's definitely a generational player at third base. Um, but again, he really only he gave you a, a, a big jolt in the World Series. I understand that. Without him, I don't know if they win. Uh, but I think it's easier to replace Rendon than it would be Strasburg.
0: Fair, but he's also, as, we're, as we'll talk about next week, an MVP finalist.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. And
0: Strasburg not a Cy Young finalist.
1: That's a great point. Um, however, Strasburg did just win the MVP on, I. you know, I think the World Series MVP deserves a lot more recognition because you're doing it on the biggest stage. Um, so I, I don't know if they take that into account when they rework these deals I'm sure it played a hand in Strasburg opting out, but I, I think yeah I, I don't know I think when you have a one two three of of Scherzer Strasburg and Corbin it's tough to beat that knowing that you have other prospects on the way that can just kind of fortify that you know to be a one through four deadly just murderers row of starting pitching the bullpen still needs work I think Rendon it's I don't want to say he's expendable but I, I think if you lose him you still have enough bats in that lineup that you can you can work around it. Uh, the emergence of Juan Soto being probably the biggest factor in why I would keep Strasburg.
0: I don't disagree. Oh, damn it. I was going to come up with a really good argument. I'm trying to find world series MVPs where it was a pitcher and the last one to do it was uh, Clayton Kershaw. And I was, uh, I'm sorry, the last uh, world series MVP, it was 2014. It was mad bum. And I, I was going to say, okay, well, who's the MVP? And I'll say, who would you rather have? Nope, it was Kershaw. So just go fuck myself, I guess. (laughs) Um, All right, who was the 08 NL MVP?
1: Uh, I'm trying to think now.
0: All right, who would you rather have? 2008 Cole Hamels or 2008 Albert Pujols?
1: Oh, fuck. (laughs) 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 Uh, Obviously Pujols.
0: Uh, how about 2003 Josh Beckett or 2003 Barry Bonds?
1: Uh, whew, I know what you're doing right now.
0: Um, <laughs> and I'm winning. <laughs> you're working so hard in my favor. <laughs>
1: I'm really trying to argue just against Barry Bonds. Actually, no, Ooh, yeah, okay,
0: okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Here's here is probably the best one. 2001 co-MVPs, and this, is, this one's going to hurt. I'm sorry. Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling. Or <laughs> 2001 Barry Bonds.
1: Oh, see, that's where I would probably take the pitchers.
0: Yeah, I think it's hard to, when you're getting two pitchers or one hitter. I think that's the easiest one.
1: All right, so I'll just take one. I'll take Randy Johnson. Yeah. Well, was that the year that Bonds hit 73? Uh, Oh, one. No, I think that was later on. That was, I want to say like 03, 04. No, maybe 07. I don't know. It was after 2001.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to have an, off, an off-season pod on Barry Bonds alone because I, God, this guy. No, that was 73. Really? 73, 137 ribs. Oh, I'm getting mixed tw-
1: up with when he broke th- the record for all-time home runs.
0: 328 batting average, 515 on base, 1379 OPS.
1: Hmm. Can you look up what his head size was? On April and where it ended that year, too.
0: (laughs) Started at cantaloupe, ended at (laughs) award-winning pumpkin.
1: Yeah, because that guy's head must be like fucking Jimmy Neutron at this point.
0: Um, I want to see if I can just find this on a quick Googling, and then we'll get back to actual information. Yep. Barry Bonds, hat size.
1: Does it come up undetermined?
0: Okay, so this is actually interesting. Oh. He doesn't have as big of a head as you might expect.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: So his hat size started. When he started with the Giants, he started at seven and a quarter, which is what I wear. Mm
1: hmm.
0: And when he left, he uh, was only wearing a seven and three eighths, which is not that big of a head. Hmm.
1: That's actually shocking
0: yeah it, it shocks me too and i want to see seven and three eighths hat size in centimeters in inches it is in inches you dumb fuck.
1: <laughs>
0: how is that the second most googled thing that's unbelievable uh 58.7 centimeters versus seven and a quarter is 57.8 so his head only grew by a centimeter
1: yeah, but I bet his ball is shrunk by, like, you know, the circumference of, like, three inches.
0: Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. His, I don't, hey, watch,
1: don't look that up. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that.
0: Don't you worry. I was not going to. Good. Um, okay, so going away from, from uh, Barry Bonds' balls, um, <laughs> Nationals went to the White House on uh, Monday afternoon, and um, some pretty... What are we gonna call these memorable moments from it?
1: Yeah, I thought I thought there were highlights. I thought it was pretty funny.
0: Yeah, uh, so you have uh, Trump and Kurt Suzuki doing their impression of of the Titanic King of the World. Yep. Um, you have Strasberg ducking Donald Trump when he when he goes to shake his hand, yep. though Strasbourg calls it fake news. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, and then you have Zimmerman. Just uh, kind of calling out the fans that booed him.
1: Yeah, I like uh, that. Though.
0: Yeah, so 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 let's say pick one moment from it. What are you going with?
1: I gotta go with uh the Donald grabbing Suzuki's uh, chest right there for the world to <laughs> see. I wanted to, like remix that for Celine Dion to come on right when he grabs his tits. It just, I thought, oh, that, I I thought love that was that. perfect. Also, um in the spirit of you know the World Series ending and that. Going on, I wonder if Trump was inspired by Julia Rose to just grab a handful of chests right there, even though it was a man. But hey, we don't judge, not on this podcast. So there's
0: so many jokes that we can make here. But you know, Kirk was looking like a fucking it bar
1: because he was wearing that MAGA hat, and Trump probably just like, I gotta do this. This is yeah. my chance.
0: Didn't grab him by the put, grab by the pussy. So, <laughs> no.
1: uh,
0: are gonna have to cut that one? No, 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 no. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep that in. We'll keep that in. <laughs> Um, and then the Nationals go to the, to the, to the Capitals game and they go tits out for the boys yep. doing their best Julia Rose impression. I love it. Um,
1: six and a half roses,
0: six and a half gotta be six and a half roses. Yeah,
1: actually 6.9 roses.
0: Yep. The nicest amount of roses. That's the best amount. Um, and then I don't know if you, you saw it. Some player, I forget who, I think it was Gerardo Parra was, 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 Instagram living when they were all in capitals jerseys and uh they had so there was three of them I couldn't tell you which nationals it was but one's holding up a puck and he goes what's that and he goes it's a puck it's a baseball for hockey <laughs> <laughs> who
1: was that for uh Gerard Fara?
0: it had to have been I don't, I don't know who it was I wish I could think of I wonder if I just google it's a baseball for hockey if it'll come up
1: Also, do you you know if and this is a huge missed opportunity by the White House if they didn't do this if they played Baby Shark when the Nationals were getting introduced?
0: Mm, I do not know, but you are correct. If they didn't do that, big miss.
1: That's a huge miss. And uh, I gotta say, like love him or hate him, Trump's usually on top of the memes. So I'm, I'm sure that I love
0: that he's just into tweeting out dog pics now.
1: Oh, that's dude. He's honestly like he's a great follow. Um, says some outrageous shit, but he's on top of his meme game. I'll give him that.
0: Because yeah, he's a meme.
1: Yeah, he is. I mean, when you're living one, you can probably get a oh, lot of inspiration.
0: I love it. I love it. Um, I think Baby Shark also a candidate for, uh, outro of the year, uh, for the, for the Gappy Awards, which are coming up soon.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. I think that's a really We've actually good
0: one. we've been on our outro game last year. Mike Stud last week and then Baby Shark 2 weeks ago.
1: Don't Forget Work From Home earlier this season.
0: Mmm, work from home. Yeah, so I think that actually might round out the 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 nomination list right there.
1: Yeah, that's a good one.
0: Um Roxanne was up there too. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah but that was so on the nose, you know.
0: Yeah, it was almost two on the nose. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving on, we'll we'll talk Gappies in a couple weeks as we get into the off season. Uh, JD Martinez staying with the Bo Sox. Uh, or what, this the, it was a player option, correct?
1: Yeah, it was a player option, so he decided not to opt out. Which?
0: Yeah, I, can I think smart saying. move.
1: Yeah, he had a hundred mil left. Um, I think I thought it was interesting how when I don't know how to, is it Kaim or came or chain like
0: I think bloom, it's came. Bloom.
1: I'll just call him the Bloomin' Onion. Anyway.
0: The GM of the Red Sox. <laughs> yeah.
1: The, the new guy. Um, I thought it was interesting how he kind of addressed it. And that, he basically said, like, I haven't had a chance to talk to him. We'll discuss it. He knows he has a decision to make, and that's his decision. Like, it wasn't, you know, like, oh, I want to keep him. It was just, you know, I thought that was a really good answer. Uh, and I think Martinez probably saw it as was like, fuck, I'm leaving $100 million on the table because I don't think this guy really cares if I stay or go. So, that's how, I mean, that's how I would read between the lines on yeah. it. Yeah. He kind of, like, I know he had to make the decision, but it was without any fanfare. It's just like, yeah, I'm going to stay. Um, and I think he'd be stupid to walk away from a guaranteed 100 mil uh, over the next five years. So smart move by both sides. The, the Red Sox are not tipping their hand or anything, saying, you know, we really need him back. Because I think if that was the case, Martinez opts out and tries to get a bigger deal with the Sox. Uh, and I think if Dombrowski's still at the helm, then yeah, you're, you're probably going to overpay for for Martinez again. Um, so I, I thought Bloom handled that with a lot of poise. Um, and that was probably the, the first big test that he passed with flying colors.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not the-
1: <laughs>
0: i might have to cut out the get ga- the, the the gap there but i i had to yeah that was great
1: I, anytime i can hear leo it's fine
0: oh all right uh somebody who is fucking leaving though <laughs> sir Didi. yeah not getting a qualifying offer he is now a free agent um just walk me through your your thought process as a yankees fan
1: so the, honestly like this move would make yeah. okay so i gotta start by by saying that i love dd and i'll respect him wherever he goes if he comes back to the yankees on a, on a cheaper deal fine but i don't mind the move of them not giving him a qualifying offer what really i guess perplexes me is that they opted to give chapman more money um that, like, that just royally fucked them out of the running for Garrett Cole or Strasburg now. Because it's not about the luxury tax, it's about the competitive balance tax, which really screws them over now. So I'd like this move a lot more if they didn't do that other move with Chapman. So uh, for me, this, just, this essentially just balances out to you being able to pay for Chapman for an extra year at the price that he demanded. So no, I don't like the move now. I would have liked the move if both of them left. Because at least it shows me that you have a plan to get a pitcher uh now we're just kind of back to square one and we're down a big bat
0: yeah um i love dd um i i i kind of threw some shade at him when uh he first went to the yankees and i was like i was like oh you're replacing Jeter with dd fucking gregorius no and I it was too. like yeah and then it was like oh yeah okay that makes sense and and you guys were right and i'm not a gm for a reason <laughs>
1: Well, no, I mean it makes sense. Like, and he had the very enviable task, or unenviable, I should say, task of replacing a legend like Jeter. Um, I think everyone, myself included, when that happened at first, I was like, all right, so we're getting a defensive replacement essentially. Um, but no, Didi definitely he earned his stripes, uh, if you want to call it that, in the short time. He earned he his pin stripes. He earned his pin stripes. Um, no, he was great. I, I thought. I thought that. You know he definitely played well above the expectations that were put on him and to do it in that kind of setting in that i guess situation where you're replacing a guy like jeter uh couldn't have been done better and i'm glad he was there for it my issue with it is now that if he's going to leave and i understand you have torres who can play shortstop and lemay being on the roster gives you the flexibility to play him at his natural position at second instead of first but I don't know, man. I just think the money could have been spent better if they didn't do that shit with Chapman because that's the one thing I did not like about this whole fallout of DD not coming back.
0: Yeah, uh, definitely no no arguments here, and obviously not being a Yankees fan, I can't speak to it as, as much as you can. Um, I, I just I, I like DD a lot. I'm I'm interested to see where he goes. Um, I would love to see if the Indians kick the tires on him. And and see if he's interested in playing second base, um, or playing third even, or seeing what just what flexibility he would have. Um,
1: yeah, no, that's actually so. Let me pose this to you then, because I, I don't think he would be good at second. I think he's a, he can only really play shortstop. That's my just my personal opinion. Um, would you then have Didi kind of replace Lindor if you were to trade Lindor in the off season?
0: Um, I think if you're committed to trading Lindor, then yeah, that's probably the the best and smartest move. Um, I think he of the guys available because because I mean I I think the only other real option would be if you don't go after Didi, you have to go after Rendon and throw the bag at him and then move J Ram back to short where he, where he started as a natural uh, coming up. Yeah, no, that's a good uh, point
1: too. Either way, like I but, think I think this. But is let's better. be honest. Look, yeah, I mean, we can be honest for a second. The
0: no. Indians aren't throwing the bag at anybody. The Indians are, th- are throwing laundry bags out the window and saying, yeah, that's good, right? That's, that's what you wanted.
1: Well, didn't they pick up uh, Kluber's option?
0: Uh, yeah, but I, I've shared my, my, my thoughts <laughs> on Kluber with you. Like Corey Kluber, I, I, I love how effective he was in the 2016 playoffs. I love um how how good he's been in the past. I love that he got two Cy Youngs and loves the city of Cleveland. Um but his arm hasn't been right since the the Obama administration. He hasn't been healthy since the Obama administration. Um Tito overused him in that playoff run and and as much as I want to see him be that level of ace, he's just not anymore.
1: Yeah, no I agree with you on that one completely.
0: So, yeah, you pick up his option, in the words of, of Freddie Kifchens, whoop to hell. Um, <laughs> like, fuck, dude.
1: Yeah, no, it's, um, I think, honestly, that's going to be an interesting team to track, the Indians, in the offseason. I want to see what they do, because I think it's going to be a lot. Long- I'm,
0: I'm, I'm going I'm to tell you right now, a whole lot of nothing.
1: Really? I think there's going to be some trades on the horizon. I think maybe they picked up Kluber's option to trade him.
0: The Indians... I, I, I hope so, but I don't think so. Because I'm going to tell you three names they are going to be linked to the Indians uh, right now, and they're not going to do anything about them. Didi will be linked to the Indians. Mm-hmm. Rendon will be linked to the Indians. And Mike Moustakis will be linked to the Indians. And then none of them will formalize into anything other than MLB trade rumors and and, and fans tweeting about it.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, for me, looking at like the Yankee situation now, I was like, I tweeted out, like, and granted, I was very drunk when I tweeted this, but so I wasn't taking any salary restrictions into account.
0: Things you love to see.
1: Yeah, so just I was like, you know what? There's no salary cap in baseball. Yes, there's luxury taxes, but just throw as much money as you want at Strasburg and Cole. I don't care if it fucking bankrupts a team in five years. I just want a ring. Like, that's all. I don't give a fuck how you do it. If you want to just put the team in absolute cash hell, be my guest. And we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. Now, looking back on that, uh, because of the Chapman thing now, now that I'm sober and I can actually look at this through uh, sober lenses, I think that the Yankees have hamstrung themselves and the comments they've gotten this offseason from Boone and Steinbrenner, both saying we have a good enough rotation to get to where we need to go, I think is absolute bullshit. So I can't wait to see another three years of mediocrity.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: you know, that's just the Yankees in the off season lately. They haven't done shit. So I would love to see another, you know, 09 off season where they just throw the bag at everyone. But I don't think that's going to happen anymore.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, we're getting down to it. Manager of the year here. NL finalists or AL finalists are Baldelli, Cash, and Boone. Um, I think I know where your heart lies here.
1: Yeah, my heart lies with Boone. Uh, we've talked about it at length over the season why I think that he should get it. I think anytime you have to put 30 players on, on the IL and just kind of manage on the fly with AAA, AA players coming up and just filling gaps like that, uh, Never they didn't add anyone at the deadline noteworthy. Uh, they really played with a AAA lineup for a majority of the season. So I think what he did winning over 100 games with that team, I, I, it can't be understated just how impressive that was. But that's where my heart lies. I think if I have to think with my brain, I would probably give it to Cash or Baldelli, either one of those guys. Um, and I think I would add, give the edge to Cash uh, based on... Really?
0: Okay, I was going to go in the other direction here.
1: No, I, I would give the edge to Cash based on the way he deployed his lineups and the way he deployed his pitchers because, uh, granted, Baldelli definitely took the Twins from where they were being not not very good last year, uh, and then this year, obviously... Being where they were was just amazing. It was an amazing run. Uh, He really re-energized the whole franchise. But I think Cash had a lot less to work with in terms of payroll, in terms of players that he had. And I honestly, I I can't remember seeing a manager manage the way that Cash did for that stretch of the season to get them where they were and almost get to the ALCS. So I would give Cash that that vote right now. Uh, My heart wants to lie with Aaron Boone, but after going out with a whimper and the alcs i uh I'm, I'm inclined not to
0: so i'm gonna go with 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 Baldelli. i think anytime you can take a 78 win team and then in your first year as a manager give him over 100 wins and a division championship when you were expected uh to, to basically be the indians bitch all year um i i i think it, it's you can't state enough how much he did with not that much um so I, I i like Baldelli. i i i get what you're saying with cash to me cash is the odd man out here because i think the the what boone did with injuries can't be stated enough cash kind of had a very talented roster didn't win a division title and lost in the first round granted to the to the uh al champion but i think it's uh, he's kind of the odd man out here
1: no that's an interesting take and i can't really disagree either i think it's i mean when you put into that perspective then I can see definitely where you're coming from with Baldelli. The thing that I would say about Cash is, to your point, with the the Twins being projected to kind of be Indians' bitch, so to speak. The same thing could be said about the Rays with the Yankees and the Red Sox both in that division. So to be able to leapfrog the defending World Series champs like that and be within striking distance of the Yankees the whole year, I thought was pretty impressive. Um, they play yeah, all, that's they all fair, play the same games, sure. so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can make the case for any one of these three guys. I think the AL manager of the year definitely has a little bit more intrigue than the NL manager of the year.
0: Yeah, I think NL the, with the finalists uh, being uh, Schilt, Council, and, and Snitker, uh, I think it's pretty cut and dry. Go ahead and, and, and wrap that thing home.
1: Yeah, I would say Schultz by a long shot um, over the other two. I, I, just, I can't see – Granted, council had a huge rally at the end of the year, but I I don't know if he really managed that team as well as people want to give him credit for. Um, Christian Yelich was on that team, and he did a lot of the heavy lifting there. So yeah, I know, and, and I know you can you can point out, oh well, what about September when they made that run to come back into the playoff hunt? Yeah, but you know. Where would you be if you made some different moves or you used your pitchers a little differently? Because that was the big bugaboo with the Brewers the whole year was their fucking pitching, and they never did anything about it. So, yeah, you can say that Council, I don't think he's a bad manager. I just don't think he's manager of the year.
0: Yeah, agreed. I think I think he deserves to be a finalist here. Um, but Schilt, the, the only knock I can make on him is he looks like a dweeb.
1: He does look like an absolute fucking geek. So but
0: but other than other than that, he he I think he really I I'm, I'm going to say overachieved with that team. Um and I think you could say the same thing about Snitker as well. Um I the the, the 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 Braves were a team that I didn't see having the year that they did And to to get them to 97 wins with that roster. Granted, it's a good roster, but they edged out the the eventual World Series champs by four games.
1: Yeah. That's um, a great point.
0: And you know, for for as much shit as we talk about the Mets, they finished with eighty six wins. Four of the five teams in this division finished five hundred or above. So I and again, Council didn't even win his division. He, like you said, he was carried by uh by Yelich for a lot of the year. I, I would agree with that. And and yeah, like you said, the push at the end. But so what? I think it's 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 cut and dry, um for. For schilt, but i think a, a case could be made for snicker
1: yeah the case for snicker i i think it's it's easy to look at that and say he did a lot with a young team which is all true uh and yeah he he edged out the nationals in his own division but i don't know for for what schilt had to deal with with that roster and kind of overachieving to the fullest extent granted the nlcs will probably go down as a nightmare for him uh every single night until opening day but I, I think that Schilt had to do a shit ton more with a lot less to get the Cardinals to where they yeah. ended up being so I, I think it's pretty cut and dry to your point I don't there's not much debate here I'm just surprised that Martinez wasn't really you know considered as a finalist I think Martinez and and it's it's easy to, to look at it now uh with a quick reaction because he won the World Series but this team had 19 wins going into like i want to say june or some shit like that at one point they're like 19 and 34
0: 19 and 31
1: Nineteen and thirty-one. so yeah yep like there's just to come out of that type of a hole and make the run they made and eventually win the world series which i know probably doesn't take a lot into account when making these types of decisions for the manager of the year but i don't know i think martinez deserves a shit ton more credit than what he's gotten
0: i think he does get a lot of credit um, and I think that when his contract is up in D.C., he'll be a, a highly sought-after manager. Oh, yeah. um, but I, I, I don't think he I, – I I don't know. I'm I'm Maybe I'm a little alone in this belief, but I think you got to win your division to be considered a manager of the year candidate.
1: That's a good call. I mean, granted, the expectations for the team should also play into a huge effect there mm, too. That's true. Because that's the Nationals true. weren't even supposed to make the playoff this year. So –
0: uh, okay, then how do you how do you make it, make an argument? How do you make an argument for council then? Who was, you know, that team was expected to win that division? I would say that's
1: a great counter argument, and I don't have an answer for you. So that's yeah, I'll give you you know five point four roses on that counter argument.
0: I appreciate that. Yep. Um, let's move on to rookie of the year. AL finalists, finalists: Jordan Alvarez, Brandon Lowe, and John Means of the Orioles sneaking in there. Uh, even though he, I should I should say sneaking in there, he was in the All Star game. Um,
1: Everyone has an all-star representative, though. So yeah, he definitely snuck in there.
0: Yeah, uh, that's that's actually a really good, really good counter argument there. Uh, eight roses. Wow. Um, that's roses. A, that's a, that was a, that was a great counter argument. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> um, I I'm leaning Alvarez here.
1: Oh, yeah. No, this one, <clears throat> I don't think this one's even close. The only reason I would say it could be close is if Lau ended up playing more than, you know, like, I don't even know how many games he played, but it definitely wasn't enough. He was injured, it felt like, for half the season. And Alvarez hit, what, I how many home runs did he hit? Like, over 25, I want to say?
0: Um, hold on, I was looking at uh, Brandon Lau's games. Uh, Lau played in 82 games. He actually has 125 games for his career. He played in 43 in 2018. Okay. Um, and then Alvarez, 27 homers, yeah. a 313 <clears throat> average in 87 games. So yeah. that's, that's cut and dry to me.
1: Yeah. That, there's not much room for debate there. And then obviously means seeking in there. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was good on a, on probably one of the worst teams in recent memory, but, um, I don't know how you can give him rookie of the year. He didn't do enough to, like his presence on that team didn't do anything that, was noticeable in terms of the, the outcome for the Orioles, and the same, it didn't.
0: Sep- it didn't separate the Orioles from all-time bad to okay. I want to watch the Orioles, even though they're all-time bad, because of me at this point.
1: Exactly, and the same thing could be said with how loud. I don't think he impacted the Rays season in any regard either. I think the, the Rays are still the Rays without him, because evidenced by how many games he played. He played literally half a season. Uh, Alvarez came in and immediately gave the Astros a huge jolt, and he actually had to fill in for some injuries that were going on at the time, and he definitely deserves the AL Rookie of the Year.
0: NL: Pete Alonso, Mike Soroka, Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, I think an argument can be made for Tatis, but I think I think you know we were talking about it before the show. You can't hit 51 ding dongs and not be Rookie of the Year.
1: Yeah, no, this one. I think this one is less close than the AL just because Pete Alonso exists in the NL. So uh, what he did, and granted the Mets didn't make the playoffs, uh, there was I, I guess you can consider that a failed season, but he, he gave the Mets a lot of hope for going into next year. Uh, he's definitely the centerpiece for building around in that team, and the Mets finally have a big bat to pair with that great pitching staff they have. So, yeah, Pete Alonso by an absolute long
0: shot. So here's a question for you. If you had to guess which one, or if either of them wins an MVP first, P. Alonzo or Fernando Tatis? Ooh,
1: um, I'm gonna say Alonzo.
0: Uh, ooh, I want to say Tatis.
1: I say Alonzo just because I feel like power numbers usually play a huge role in determining the MVP.
0: That's fair, but Tatis also hit 22 this year.
1: He did. Yeah, he's
0: uh. And stole 16 bags.
1: He's definitely a better all-around player in terms of the different tools and, I guess, type of player he can be. I'd probably give it to Alonzo just because, I mean, we, we say this jokingly, but it truly does actually matter. Chicks dig the long ball. Baseball writers dig the long ball. Um, they're going to vote for the long ball every time.
0: Well, here's the thing, and here's my argument here. Alonzo played in 161 games, hit, 50, or hit 53, not 51, oh. uh, 53, 120 RBI. Tatis if you project his 84 games 84 game numbers over 162 he now becomes a 40 home run 100 or 102 RBI 31 steel guy
1: Ooh, so yeah see that's actually you might be on something here that's uh I, something seven, to think about 7.2 roses that's
0: uh 7.2 okay <laughs> that's, a, that's a good
1: call right there
0: oh uh, I love it and uh If uh, you haven't caught on yet, we're doing things on the Rose scale now. Thank you to Julia Rose uh, for her Game 5 glory. Um, One at the scale of 1 to 10 roses. Um, And and that'll rear its head again when we uh, introduce Bats on Boobs. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I can't wait for that segment. Oh, I can't either. But until next time, he's 7. I'm Tom, and we thank you so much for listening. And uh, catch us next week when we break down Cy Young. We break down MVP. We'll probably analyze uh, that these these awards went exactly how uh, we expected them to. Because why wouldn't they? Oh, right? Yeah, because
1: we've been right so many times on this podcast. So
0: that that's our MO: being right and baseball analysis.
1: So wait. So I guess for the AL Manager of the Year, because we talked about each one of these candidates, it's probably going to be fucking. Terry Name Francona. Someone. Yeah, probably going like <laughs> Tito Francona.
0: So. Oh, there no. he go. would if, there, if there's a worst manager of the year, it might be Terry. No, I'm kidding. I love Tito. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Till next time. He's seven. I'm Tommy. Maddie P. will be back next week. See ya. But I guess that's why the say every rose has its thorn. Just like every night